And also, for the person who's bullying, you know, you put it in a comment and you hit send and you can't take it back. Yeah. So, you know, as we grow as human beings, no matter your age, you you learn. And yeah. it's out there and you can't take it back. And, and I think, so it's not only harmful to the person that you've just insulted, but, it, but when you hopefully learn and grow and realize you did something wrong, to them too. Hi friends, this is Read and Write with Natasha podcast. My name is Natasha Tynes and I'm an author and a journalist. In this channel, I talk about the writing life, review books and interview authors. Hope you enjoy the journey. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Read and Write with Natasha. I am very happy today to have with me author Gabby Justice. Uh, Gabby is the author of Dog Girl, her young adult contemporary romance debut. She is mom to three dogs and one cat. She lives in Florida with her husband and children. And Florida provides the setting for all her coming-of-age stories that highlight bullying, misjudgment, acceptance, and teen anxiety. Gabby, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to talk about uh, your book, uh, Dog Girl. Uh, it's, it's a very cool book. Uh, and as a, a mom, of the dog and of a girl, a preteen girl. It's uh, <laughs> I, I particularly enjoyed it, and I even discussed it with my <clears throat> with my daughter. We were talking about the themes in the book, and now she's excited to read it. Oh, fabulous! Yeah. So for for those who are listening and watching, Gabby, can you tell us a bit about the the book, Dog Girl? Yes. Well, the main character is a seventeen year old girl who lives and works at a dog rescue center. She um, has been suffering from anxiety for many, many years due to a tragedy in her family. And she's now, she's progressed. She's making great progress. She's in a good place in her life. And then at where the book starts, she does a heroic dog rescue and, and nearly dies, but she saves the dog and uh, the, the video goes viral. She didn't, she, doesn't, she didn't know somebody was videotaping it, but somebody was, and then it goes viral. So she's shoved into the spotlight, which is great to raise money for the rescue, but not so good for her anxiety. And then um, along comes a cute boy who is volunteering at the center. And um, so that's another thing that ups her anxiety level. So pretty much she's struggling to do her passion, which is rescue dogs. And as you've read the story, there's a little little uh, sneak look into the story. There's a wolf, actually a wolf she's trying to rescue, which is out of the country. So that is one of her goals. But her other goal is not to break down in front of thousands of people on you know national television or not to break down in front of her new friend slash soon you know love interest. So she's just really struggling to hold it all together. Yeah, this is, I mean, uh, the book has lots of concepts, very timely concepts, um, you know, uh, bullying, anxiety, social media. And I, I, I want to talk about the effect of the pandemic and on teenage girls from your experience, uh, especially when it comes to bullying and social media. How do you think that increased uh, because of the pandemic? Where do we stand? Is bullying in general increasing? I mean, my daughter, every day when she comes back from school, there's always a drama. This said this, this said that. And I, I was um, talking with another author who uh, wrote a book for preteen uh, about friendships for preteen uh, girls. And these are one of the things that we discussed is, you know, people are becoming less nice. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that podcast. I yeah. did? Okay. <laughs> so I just I just want to hear your thoughts uh, on bullying, especially among teenagers, and, and is social media playing a big role in that? Yes. Um, well, during the pandemic, since I've written the book, my daughter's now gone through college. <laughs> And working so um, but I did have a teen 
son um, during the pandemic. And it was a, it was a struggle. Um, and as far as social media, in some ways, you know what? I think social media actually helped because they were stuck at home. I mean, thankfully they had, they could go online and see their friends and communicate and play video games or do whatever instead of being able to go to somebody's house because we were all trapped in our homes, scared. Um, so in that sense, it probably was a good thing. Mm. But overall, yeah, it can be extremely toxic. I, I struggle with it because I see it as a positive and a negative. Yeah. And it's really because people will say things they won't say to your face, you know, they'll, but yeah. it's easy to write it you know, jotted on a computer or over a social feed. And, and also for the person who's bullying, you know, you put it in a comment and you hit send and you can't take it back. Yeah. So, you know, as we grow as human beings, no matter your age, you, you learn and yeah. it's out there and you can't take it back. And, and I think, so it's not only harmful to the person that you've just insulted, but it, but when you hopefully learn and grow and realize you did something wrong, it's hurtful to them too. So, yeah. And, and what, why did you decide to write on the topic of, of bullying? Was it because of a personal experience or, you know, what led you to make, you know, um, the focus of your book, bullying, or or at least part of it on, on bullying? Well, there's probably two reasons. Um, the, the story kind of grew organically. Um, I've become, you know, I'm sure, you know, plot, plotter versus pantser. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely a pantser. I'm becoming more and more of a plotter because as you get further along in your story, you realize, um, I need more than just, you know, winging it here. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, um, as the story organically progressed, you know, you have to put conflict in there. Mm. So where do you find the conflict? So I, so bullying was definitely mm. key element, but also because it was, it was evident in my children's mm. relationships, um, boys and girls, it was, you know, relevant, um, I mean, I'll have to admit, <laughs> we had some issues, you know, with my daughter had some issues um, being on the receiving end and being the, you know, saying a few things she shouldn't have said mm -hmm. on on um, social media. So, yeah, I, I just having my daughter and all her friends constantly, they play tennis. They're competitive tennis players. Okay. And, so, and I was lucky enough to be you know, driving them all around so I could hear what they were saying. Uh, <laughs> we'd be, you know, we'd be in hotels for tennis and I, you know, just sit there and I, you know, you can just listening and you hear and, oh, this girl and that girl and blah, blah, <laughs> blah you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I guess it was just all around and, and, and I was reading, you know, some of the books I was reading. So I guess it was a lot of things. It was it was in the relationships that I was watching through my children. It was adding the extra conflict up the novel, make it more interesting. So, hmm. so I I want to talk about your publishing journey. So this is your debut novel. Why did you decide to go through the the journey, which is kind of uh, sometimes really grueling journey? of one, writing a book, and two, going through the journey of finding a publisher or an agent. And I want to hear all about your story of from writing to publishing. Did you find an agent? Did you go with a small press? Did you self-publish? All of that journey. So um, just grab a cup of coffee and, <laughs> and let's let's hear you out. Some water here. Oh. <laughs> Drink some water. Yeah. Um, so... Gabby is a pen name, Ooh. and um, I, 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 it is a debut young adult contemporary for me. I, okay. I wasn't a contemporary writer. I did write under my real name in some paranormal fiction 
mm. area. So totally a different area. Okay. So through that journey, I won't talk about that just because they're currently off the market right now. So okay. it's very confusing when I start going back and forth. But through that self-publishing journey, I was put on a panel. So I did self-publish through, through that. And I was put on a panel at my local Tampa Writers Alliance. Okay. I, was in a, I was in a critique group and a writing group. And so they thought I had all this knowledge of self-publishing, which I didn't. <laughs> but I went up there, I put a smile on my face, and I tried my best. And on the panel was also a, an agent, a literary agent. Okay. Sharon Belcastro. And so I met her. And we just chit-chatted. And, you know, she didn't want anything that I'd already published. So we just chit-chatted and then I kept seeing her in different places where I was going to promote uh, these books and we became friends. We just, every time I ran into her, we'd talk and share. And so finally this contemporary novel just crept its way into my brain okay. and it wouldn't go away. Okay. So I, uh, I wrote it and I, I pitched it. I said, Hey, you know, can, since I had a relationship with her already, I felt comfortable like, I know you don't want these already published books, but maybe, you know, would you take a look at this? And she did. And then she kept sending it back and revise this, revise this, revise this, change this. So we got in about four revisions and still, I didn't know, are we just friends or are we like <laughs> agent <laughs> writer? It's complicated. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I just asked her, I'm like, um, are you my agent? <laughs> she said, yes, yes. So we, oh, that's uh, fascinating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you never know, you know, because I had, I had for this, for the contemporary, I actually I did, I think I did query some other, some other agents before too and got rejected, but I also, but I always got good feedback. Okay. Um, I kind of knew the story had legs because I wasn't just getting flat rejection letters. I was getting really like this or, and I could tell they read it. So that was okay. nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for some reason they didn't want it. Um, so I ended up, but which, which was fine because I was happy. It, it worked out the way it did, but. Oh, wow. So, um, I guess you got lucky in a sense. Some authors like spend years trying to 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 find agents. So the book was after you found your agent, and the agent managed to sell it to a, yeah. a, a publisher. And is is who's the publisher? Um, if you can tell us a bit about the publisher who picked up the book. Yeah, Swoon Romance. Okay. Um, it took it took a year. It took a year. Um, which apparently I guess isn't too long. Yeah. Um, it felt long, but, um, I've, you know, I'm, I'm now, I now have another book on submission and it's oh. been over a year. So I'm like, Oh, I guess a year wasn't so bad <laughs> with the same agent. Yes. And, and young adult contemporary as well. Okay. But it's, yeah. It's out there in the, in the world of submission, but, um, and so the publisher, what is is it? I guess she's a small publisher. I I, I don't know if you'd consider it an independent publisher or a small yeah. publisher. I'm not exactly sure. I think they kind of interchangeable somehow. Yeah, I think yeah. probably the same thing. But she um, was on. She was collecting a lot of books on the rise, growing her publishing agency or pub. Public, I don't know what you call it. Publishing house. Publishing house. Yes. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. Mm. And I don't know. Um, she's not taking new stuff, you know, or I would have submitted my new stuff to her. But so I don't know. I don't know where she's gonna go from here. Um, hopefully, hopefully she's doing well and everything's great. I mean. Mm -hmm. So, so you're gonna go with with a with a new publisher now. So you're looking for the new publisher. Yeah, for the next for my next story. That's actually about competitive tennis girls. <laughs> oh wow! 
so I guess your topics are influenced by your real life, like your, uh, uh, you know, you have three dogs. Uh, you just told me before going here uh, live that um, you have three dogs that are way over 80 pounds. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like horses. Have, <laughs> I know. And then you have, uh, you know, a girl, so, you know, um, teen, and you, you know, raised teenagers. So, is it accurate to say that most of, of your novels are influenced by your children, uh, whether they were furry children or, <laughs> or not furry children? Yes. Yes, I'm definitely um, pulling from real life and the whole write what you know yeah. um, theory definitely has come into these co two contemporary books that I've written. Um, yeah, I did. I've, I, the whole rescue though yeah. was out of my realm. So I had to do a lot of research on that. I, I and I met a local rescue, uh, it's called Merciful Projects here in Tampa Bay area. And her name is Heidi. And it was like, I felt like I was meeting my main character, Kendall oh. in the flesh, you know, yeah. but grown yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's a sad world, really. I don't know how she lives it day in and day out, you know, trying to rescue these beaten up, really horribly treated animals. So, but I, I, um, I tried to put that, you know, I tried to evoke that in the book. Yeah. Um, I can write animals because I'm around animals. Like, you know, all their little quirks and their cute little yeah other the, yeah like the kisses and you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah it was, it was very like sweet um mm -hmm. so you said something earlier and i was like wow she just buried the lead you used the uh, you used the pen name so i wanna <laughs> i wanna look the journalist in me i was like ha huh. i wanna <laughs> i wanna hear all about this why and um just yes. and how is that going I can't help but be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, it's an open floor. It's, it's really, you know, to be honest, it's really hard. I, um, uh, we did that. It was, it was, I was going to write under this pen name when I self-published originally, but it's funny. I would go to conferences and people would say Gabby and I wouldn't turn around because I'm like, who's, who's Gabby? <laughs> <laughs> Now yeah. it's like a second. Now I answer to it yeah. with ease, okay. but this was like 10, 12 years ago. So, so then I wrote under my real name. Then when we, when we, I did this book and like said, being that it is a different genre and traditionally published, my publisher wanted the pen name and she loved Gabby justice. She's like, Oh, it's such a great YA name. Yeah. And, um, it has roots in my maiden name. My maiden name was Justice. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And so it's interesting. It's hard as far as I have to have two social media pages. Mm. Um, it, 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 and then just answering to a fake name. <laughs> so, so the reason was, so the reason was, I mean, is there a reason you, you did not want to expose your real identity or like, do you, do people know who the, who the person is behind Gabby justice or you want to keep it secret? Like Elena Ferrante. Yeah. Uh, for um, no, I don't really want to keep it secret. I, 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 um, I don't, you know, I, cause I want to share, I'm sure there's okay. other authors out there going okay. through the same thing. And to be honest, I don't think readers care readers this want to read a good book. Yeah. Um, in the industry though, there's some nuances as far as um, genre crossing, you know. Like what, sorry? Genre, genre crossing. crossing. Um, yeah. Okay. They want a brand, you know, if you're, if your Gabby Justice brand is young adult contemporary. Okay. Um, I think it's all about branding. So, yeah. And the paranormal stuff you published under your own name or under Gabby Justice? Under my own name. Ah, oh, I yeah. see. Yeah, so I try to stick to my my name. My real name is Janelle, and to, and to keep that all fantasy related. 
and um, the young adult temper under Gabby. Yeah. So did you did you stop publishing fantasy and paranormal and you want to focus on young adult or is is or maybe you'll come back? I to... I'm doing both. I actually, I just I love young adult. I love fantasy. I love fantasy um, and paranormal and all that stuff. I devour all those books. Um, at the time I wrote Dog Girl and the tennis book, it was a time in my life when my two oldest were teenagers. Okay. And so I guess I was so engulfed in that world and reading, reading young adult contemporary books that it was just a time. It was that time and place to write those books. Because you were reading along with your kids? Yes. Or, okay. Okay. Or just becoming fascinated with that area. Those uh, okay. Kids, you know, I, you know, it's just, it was, it was the right place, the right time. But I'm not sure I have any more young adult contemporary books in me. But I, I mean, <laughs> oh no, actually I do. I have one more idea. I was just thinking <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that I got from a country song, which okay. was funny. Yeah. Okay. And I the country song, half of my hometown, but. For some reason, I was, and I don't know if, if you've read the Colleen Hoover book, Regretting You. I read like two or three books of it. I read uh, Verity and yes, Verity. It ends so with good. us. It ends with us. I haven't read that one. Uh, but Verity was so good. Yeah, I I <laughs> love her work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Regretting You is from two different points of view: the mom and the daughters. So I thought that was really interesting because you could market to both adult and young adult, you know? Okay. So, yeah. So that's, her, think, that's her most recent book, right? I don't think so. She has so many. I don't think that's the most. I think Verity came out, came out after that. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I love her work. Mm -hmm. And so, so now you're writing um, in like, under both names, right? So now you're writing under your own name and under Gabby Justice at the same time. Yes, I'm currently just writing like in the only book out is Dog Girl. So that's my only book I'm promoting behind the scenes. I'm right, right, writing, writing, writing and, you know, sharing stuff with Sharon and being like, hey, you like this? What do you think? What should we do? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, keeping my fingers crossed in the future, I'll have more than one book out there in the real world <laughs> and maybe under two different names. I don't know. So, so how did you get into writing in the first place? Why? Well, I think I've always been creative. I've always, when I was younger, it was acting all throughout elementary, middle, high school, even college. I was acting and dance and in dance. My singing voice lacked I was never a triple threat in the, on the theater scene because, you know, singing was not my thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, then my husband, I got married. Okay. I got married fairly young, um, fell in love young and married, and we started a business. So my creative – and I did – I helped write copy for him for our business okay. and edit and do all that stuff. But then we had children, and I was a stay-at-home mom. So, oh, because it drove me crazy to work for him for one thing. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'll just deal with the kids. You can deal with the business. But, um, and then they got older and I started to realize I needed something. I needed, I needed my creative energy mm. to, do, to go somewhere. So while they would go off to tennis, I would sit in my car with my laptop mm. and create stories and just created a novel and took it to a conference in Georgia and they and learned that I had done so much wrong <laughs> <laughs> and I needed to find a critique group and I needed to find a writing group and finally I think after 10 years I feel like oh I'm in this industry I know people now you know it's kind yeah. of it takes a while it's not it's not a, it's not a, it takes time, energy, and effort. Going back to, we discussed when I told you how I found, Sharon and I became friends, and 
and the word luck was mentioned. I mentioned it, you mentioned it. Yeah. But really, I mean, it was lucky, but at the same time, it's putting yourself out there. If I hadn't self-published that book, if I hadn't been on that panel, you know, if I hadn't taken that scary step and chance, then I wouldn't have met her. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> so now you're a full-time author. Uh, like how, how, can you tell me a bit about your writing habits? What kind of writer are you? Do you write every day? Do you have specific writing hours? Do you wait until the inspiration strikes? What kind of writer are you? I'm just, just curious. I do try every day. And sometimes okay. um, it's not, it's like 15 minutes. I prefer to, I do usually take a week or two weeks, okay. like a retreat. Um, sometimes oh. it corresponds nicely with like one, my youngest son likes acting and he had gone off to a summer camp mm. and it was out of state and okay. I didn't feel comfortable. He was staying there. But okay. I didn't feel comfortable. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity and be a writer's retreat. While he's at this acting camp, I'm just going to stay at a local hotel um, so I can be close in case something happens and he needs me. But he can have his his journey, you know, his uh, independence. And I can use the time to write. So I try to do things like that. Mm. Uh, I like this. It's like a self-imposed retreat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. I like that. Okay. But definitely just pushing through. I think definitely getting up early. For me, it's early. I know some people are okay. night owls. I'm, I like the early, I like to try to get up at like five o'clock oh, wow. in the morning and, and, um, try to get a lot of things done before nine because the rest of the world around me wakes up around nine. So and then phone calls come in and the emails and the, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. And so I, I want to talk a bit about self-publishing versus uh, traditionally being published and having an agent. So in your case, you've done both. And I've, um, you know, on, on this podcast, I talked to a number of authors, some self-published, others with, with small press, others had an agent, others still looking. So, and one curious discussion I had with someone is that uh, they started as, uh, and they're in the fantasy genre, that they started as traditionally published and then they left that and they went to self-publishing and they said they're basically making a killing. <laughs> I mean, if, if you want to think about the financial rewards, I mean, if, if that's one of right. the goals, some people, you know, that's not one of the goals. But one of the goals is that they felt um, <clears throat> that self-publishing was more financially rewarding and they wanted to do, they wanted that to be their career. They wanted to make a living out of writing. So for them, self-publishing was the route. How do you feel about that? I'd honestly, from the beginning, thought I'd like to be a hybrid. Okay. Um, yeah, I, because I'd like to see. Can you explain that to our audience? Well, hybrid is your both. Okay. You have some books traditionally published and some books self-published. Um, and they're two different names. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess not necessarily, but probably, yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I think Colleen Hoover is a, speaking of hybrid. her again, I, yeah. I think she's a hybrid. Um, and I think a lot of those of hybrid successful hybrid offers probably start off self-published and then those books become so popular. Yeah. You know, that, that, that a publishing house wants to get in on it cause they're doing so well. But, um, I'm, I don't know which, I can see where you would make more, where you could make more money self-publishing because you you get higher royalties i mean or you get all the money no but you're not sharing a cut with an agent or a publisher and you which i understand i get that uh it and to be honest it's come so far mm -hmm. it's it's a lot easier than it used to be yeah um and i'm slowly learning 
now, now, you know, how to navigate through my, through the Amazon author central page and, and learning all the, the, the algorithms and the, what do you, I don't know the algorithms, but like the, what do you, uh, keywords the or keywords the, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I see that because even so, even traditionally published authors are, have to do so much marketing. Mm-hmm. And so much of their own advertising. Um, that's one of the arguments too. I don't know if you know, Amazon just allowed traditional authors to advertise before only the self-published authors could advertise. Now, traditionally published adver- authors can advertise. But there's a dual argument on that because though on the one hand, that's great. You know, you can... Because before your hands were tied as traditionally published, you couldn't advertise on Amazon. Why not? It has it had to do go through your publisher or yeah, okay. yes, right. Um, but the argument is, oh, now that's just one more thing traditionally published authors have to spend money on, and the publishing house can say, well, you can you can do that if you want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's another expense when when supposedly if you're traditionally published, these expenses are covered. That's what everybody thinks. But, and maybe in the top five they are. I mean, I, I'm i not that there yet, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, in the smaller houses, it's still, you're still spending a lot of money. So I can yeah. see the self-publishing is is a, what would you call it? Is a, you could be drawn to that because if you're already spending money on marketing and different things, you might as well not have to share the cut of your royalties. Yeah. Do you think there's a still stigma against being self-published? Like would um, an agent probably won't pick you if you're already self-published and they'd rather go with someone who's, you know, has a clean slate? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I definitely think there was when I started 10 years ago. I, mm-hmm. um, 10, 12 years ago now, I was, I didn't really know much about self publishing. So I was really trying to get traditionally published. And I thought, honestly, to be, to be, to be honest, in my, in my head at that time, I was thinking I, I would fail if I didn't get a traditionally published. Okay. Contract. But that didn't happen. So I was like, you know what? Why not? I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. Because a friend in my writer's group said it was just kind of, she's she's a self-published author and she's like, just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Blah, 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 blah. Just, just try. And and so I did. And, and it worked out great. Um, I still have a lot going on in that side that it's complicated, but <laughs> <laughs> ups and downs and, and, um, but, um, where am I going with this? Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. No, I try. <laughs> but I mean, you were just talking about the stigma. Is, right. Did you I feel think- any stigma when you were trying to find a publisher or an agent after you self-published? I think on any, honestly, if I, I think depend on the day you asked me, because I can go super, I can be super confident one day and be like, it doesn't matter if you're self-published or Tristy published. If you have a great concept, a great book, it doesn't matter. And then there'll be a day that's everything's going wrong. And I'll be like bummed out and think if only, you know, the traditional published, is better because you have the backing of a publishing mm-hmm. house and it, it, it depends as far as stigma. Yes. And no, I think it is still lingers in the back of some people's mind, but at the same time, I think it's much more accepted these days. And if you have a good product, you have a good product period. Mm. You know, I think when I go to a conference, I, even with agents and editors there, 
they they're only looking at the work they're not looking at they're just looking at the words on the paper are is it a good story is it a good concept can i sell this mm. um and it really and you could the person who wrote it could be self-published or traditionally published i don't think it matters if they like it they like it mm. that's true um <clears throat> So what um, I want to talk about the feedback that you got uh, on your book. Uh, was there any negative feedback that you got? And uh, as authors, you know, we always get positive and negative and getting negative feedback is, is kind of part of the gig. And uh, we just have to develop thick skin, I guess. Yeah. Um, and if there was any uh, negative feedback, how did you deal with it? And what's your advice for authors who get negative feedback, especially those like grueling Goodreads reviews? Oh, <laughs> some people are just horrible. <laughs> so... Thankfully, I have not gotten one of those. Hopefully that doesn't, my lowest is a three star. Okay. as far as I know the last time I looked so that's um and then it's it's so hard not to check sometimes I I'll get a three-star review and I'll stalk the person and <laughs> <laughs> I never comment or say anything yeah um, um but I'll be like sometimes you'll notice that oh this person's a really tough reviewer three stars is really mm -hmm. good you know she's a yeah. give out yeah you know that's and people have told me three stars is good you know five stars is like exceptional so but you love to get those five stars but um as far as the revisions this book went through like eight revisions with oh. like a negative feedback from critique groups and from my agent so that at first you know it's a it it's like a bee sting. You, you feel it at first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it goes away. And you're like, yeah, they're right. I need to fix this. <laughs> you hunker down, you have to fix it. Then when it's done and it's out in the world, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, you just, I just take it. I have a thick skin. If I had started writing younger, you know, straight out of, in high school or straight out of college or whatever, I mean, I was writing, but it's all in a drawer. It never saw the light of day, but um, I didn't, I would have, it would have hurt my feelings a lot more so than, than now. I, I guess that comes with age and wisdom, age and wisdom. Right? <laughs> you look and, very young, so. <laughs> um, and the critique group too. I, I, yeah. I had a, I was in that critique group for three years and 25 people in that group. Oh, wow. You got everything. I mean, you could get some really horrible <laughs> stuff and then you could get some praise. So the good with the bad. The only thing I did have a review that sort of bothered me because she didn't think because of the aspects of the teen anxiety. She mm -hmm. thought that I had maybe sugarcoated it, you know, it okay. had a happy ending or whatever, okay. but it was like, it's just a splice of life of Kendall's life. We don't know what's going to happen to her when the story ends. Hopefully, you know, the story ends on a high note and hopefully her life from then on is, it continues on that upward progression. But that's up for the that's the reader's imagination you know where does kendall go at yeah. the end of the book yeah. but uh but i've had a lot of people a lot of my reviews that people say they could really relate to her struggles and they thought i portrayed it accurately what i found in researching and going and listening to panels and pe real people discuss their their anxiety issues everybody's journey is different so, yeah, Kendall's journey, she might, you know, she has this imaginary uh, demon ego per, in her head all the time. Mm. One person that suffers from teenage anxiety might not have that and be like, oh, that's not real. 
But somebody else be like, yeah, I understand. I kind of get that. I understand why she's has that voice in her head all the time. Or the whole, you know, when she gets flushed and she faints, you know, that, that anxiety that builds up and, and, and it has to escape or the survival instinct in your body. And she just mm -hmm. faints. Um, maybe that happens for some people. Maybe it doesn't happen for other people. Everybody's mental health journey is different. So I just tried to include as many things that happened to a person in that situation that I had witnessed through my teenage friends that I'd felt myself that I'd researched, um, and read about. And it, it hit the nerve of some people in a good way. And I was happy. I'm like, that's all I want. I just want, you just want to put somebody on paper that a reader can relate to and have a positive feeling. Mm. Like, you know, just you want to see yourself or a little bit of yourself sometimes in a character and especially young, young, young girls, even young boys, young, young people in general um, that are growing up and coming of age and, and finding themselves. Um, but that, that's, and that's such a magical age. I don't know. That that's nothing that draw drew me to the contemporary young adult is that it's a magical age when you are becoming an adult um, mm -hmm. and you're a person coming, becoming an adult. There's so many changes, so many things you learn about yourself, about the world, about the people you knew, you know, you know. So um, I, I want to ask about the language in the book. So I, I do that in my novel. I noticed you dropped the F-bomb. Uh, ah. <laughs> how, did, how did the readers or the parents feel about that? And did you think that's an accurate representation of, of, of the current situation, especially when it comes to language, like that social media influencer, the YouTube star, you know, like F this, yes. F that. So I'm just curious about dropping the f-bomb in in ya and i got criticized for having that in my novel somebody's like i enjoyed your novel but there was no need to use all this you know curse words and you know that was one comment that i got um so i'm just curious especially when you're talking about teens yes i um i've definitely gotten heard Two, there are two views of that. Um, I, well, honestly, I mean, these kids were cursing left and right. I mean, worse <laughs> than I wrote in my book. I was like, and I'd constantly tell my kids, don't say that. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. They didn't stop. I mean, you know, um, uh, being competitive tennis players, let me tell you, they would get, uh, really upset because the game wasn't going their way. They bang their rackets and words would fly out of their mouth. And I'm like, oh, please don't say that. I'm so embarrassed. I'm not their mother. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I, I did that for realism. But I, I did. some people like it, some people don't like it. I spoke in front of a group of librarians, high school librarians, and I said, and I told them, I'm like, it's real. You know, it's a, in, in what, in, the, in all the teenagers I've been around, you know, it's in their language. And, and when I was growing up, it was in my teenagers languages too. When, when, I mean, that's years and years ago. Yeah. All my friends were potty mouth. So, um, <laughs> um, so that's why I wanted to keep it real. So, but a lot of the people, librarians and that I spoke with that deal with teenagers like oh yeah yeah we know you're right it is you know it's okay but there are some parents that just and I'm sure there's plenty of kids out there who don't curse and and maybe or their parents really frown upon it um but definitely in the social media too and then the, and in the songs all the songs my children were listening to mm. I mean, they it was it was either the word was in there constantly or it was bleep, 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 bleep because they had the 
the um, clean version. So half the words were bleeped out. So yeah, I did, I did try to, I worked it in there too, where it is that, that YouTuber. Yeah. She is, yeah. she is because she wants the attention or she yeah. wants the, she wants to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. the, the wow factor, right? The shock factor. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. She's, she wants the shock factor to get views, but at the same time, we've got the one parent, um, uh, um, I can't remember cats spells his name. Oh my gosh. It's totally gone for me. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, her, um, her partner, yeah. um, is always saying, stop saying that to both cat, you know, the mom and candle, the daughter, she's yeah. always putting them in their place and trying to say, Hey, don't use those words. Don't use that language. So I tried to show where, you should try to speak without those words, but yet those words exist in real life and, or people get mad in Kendall's case. And in her mom, Kat's case, they say them when they get frustrated and mad. And do you, think, say them. do you think some librarian, especially at school would not accept a book because of that? Or you don't think so? It depends on the school. I, I probably, I'm sure it, either there are some that accept it, but would have to put a disclosure or try or, or would know, well, I know this child's parents don't want her or him or they to read this book. So, um, I'm not gonna show or I, I think it's all relative. I, I okay. think, you know, but it's but it's funny. I, I uh, there's a I think it was like a clean romance society that I came in contact with through a, f a fellow writer, and she does write clean. Okay. And so they they saw that I was friends with her and that I had blurbed her book, and so they co contacted me. And her name is Dallas Woodburn, and she she writes some good books. I, I which one did I blurb for? Oh, Carissa. Okay. Chris, her book is Carissa. Uh, I hate when I can't remember things like this. Anyways. Carissa, thanks for ruining my life. That's it. It's a clean romance, and I blurped it for her. And this clean romance society contacted me, but I had to tell him, like, you know, thank you so much. I think your, you know, your society is wonderful and your books are wonderful, but my book has this many F bombs in it. So they were like, <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, pass. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and sometimes they could come after you on social media. So it can be like, it's, it's kind of, so I know, uh, but that, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting discussion. I mean, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, and I, yeah, go ahead. Well, my other thought on that too, was I have an agent and a publisher. So I'm like, well, it went through them, you know, or, or, or you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, was, it's, yeah. it's all relative. Uh, and it's, I think it depends on people's tastes. Uh, so we can, we cannot make everyone happy. That's, that's, I think for me, if I wanna try to make everyone happy, I should not be in this business. That's just uh, the bottom line. I mean, you write what you feel is accurate representation of what you know and you know and then you hope you know, for the best yeah. and that that's the beauty of this country is that you can go or you should be able to go to a bookstore to a library and pick out whatever book suits you mm, not yeah. what suits your friend but yeah what suits you yeah that's true that's true and now I like I see lots of of diverse choices, which is which is nice. Like before, it was it was not that diverse. So it's it's nice to see the diversity. So yeah. I know we're coming to the hour, and um, I want to ask you to see if they have any aspi uh, tips for aspiring authors. Uh, you know, I always like to end with tips. Uh, you know, I like this podcast to be and always on a positive note especially for those who really want to embark on on this journey so what would you tell them like let's say 
two or three kids? I would say my biggest thing is start now. Mm. Even if you think, oh, I don't have any time or or I'm going to start after my kids grow up or I'm going to start after I graduate high school or college, whatever. Just start now. Mm. It's, it's a marathon. It is a marathon. So, and put, and find the joy in it. Just, there's, there's going to be ups and downs. Um, it was so funny. I had a bad day Wednesday. If I, I thought to myself, if I had this podcast on Wednesday, it would be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but then yesterday I had a really good day. So I'm like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Start now and just keep persistence. That. I just went to SCBWI, Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators Conference last weekend. And I got, it, it pumps you up when you go to these conferences. And that was, that was the, for all the keynote speakers and their, their all their journeys to the success, and they were also very successful, was, was, was it was a marathon and be persistent. Mm. Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. And when is your next book coming out? Are you still shopping it? It's still shopping. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully soon. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, Gabby, this has been uh, wonderful and I'm, I'm glad we got to talk. I enjoyed your book. I hope, uh, I'm sure the readers and the listeners will enjoy it. It's, uh dog girl by gabby justice it's available on amazon as is it available at bookstores as well correct yeah, it's available everywhere um if it's not on the shelf of a bookstore they can order it okay great so uh enjoy the rest of the day happy weekend and until we meet again and thank you everyone for watching another episode of read and write with natasha until we meet again keep reading and keep writing thank you very much thank you, thank you.